good everybody welcome back to this is just my opinion um we are your hosts my name is cassandra and i'm here with my beautiful friend miss shana watts how you doing hi everyone hi (laughs) so today we're going to be talking about first gen so you want to tell them what that means sure i sure can (laughs) anyway so first gen basically means that our families immigrated here literally our parents are the first generation to move here so we were the first generation to be born in the united states of america or if you you know your family immigrated from somewhere else to another country and you're the first generation to be born there that is all that it means so we um, both of us, our families are from the Caribbean, from two different countries, and uh, my family, my parents met in college at Howard University, you know, real HU, you know. And, and where are you from, ma'am? I'm from Your family from, I said, originally from. Oh, oh, you meant that. Okay. <laughs> my family is originally from Trinidad. I know I don't, like... I mean, if you know that my family's Trinidadian, then that, uh-huh. this, my face makes sense. But I often get like, hey, you look Ethiopian. Hey, Ooh. you look. I went to school with a lot of like <laughs> people from Minnesota, like, um, I don't know what's the correct word, African refugees or whatever from Ethiopia and Kenya. And mm-hmm. yes, a lot of the Ethiopians have your features. So I can see why like Ethiopian people will ask mm-hmm. me if I'm Ethiopian and if I tell them no they look at me like I don't know where I'm from and I'm like no no my family is from a country off the coast of Venezuela so mm-hmm. yeah don't you got Venezuelan too like some yes okay my dad is um Venezuela <laughs> so his mother was is Venezuelan Afro-Latina born and raised in Venezuela immigrated to Trinidad my grandfather Mm-hmm. We say immigrated, but you know, my grandparents were born in the 1920s and 1930s. So, mm-hmm. was it really immigration, or, or were they being moved against their will? Look, we we could get into that on another day. <laughs> <laughs> That's a little bit more death. Um, you know, I guess my family's a little newer to the States than yours, I guess. But um, my family's actually from Haiti, the best island in the Caribbean. Argue with me if you want. <laughs> we, got the best food. we got the best rice. Oh. Don't play. Don't play. We're not going to say you have the, the you have the best vacations, do have the best rice. We yeah. do have the best rice. I, I, I hate to, you know. But I'm sorry, I'm being, I'm being overall food offerings. I, we got pretty Trinidadians. good food. Don't want my voice getting high. So we can have a great breath. <laughs> all right. All right. Okay. So we're getting into it. So let's move on to the subject matter. <laughs> so yes I'm actually I was actually born in Brooklyn New York born and raised um (laughs) I was conceived in Haiti (laughs) Um, 
I had to put that in there. Girlfriend. Um, <laughs> so, like, my older brother, he was actually, um, it's, it's just two of us, but he was actually born in Haiti. So, literally, my family migrated. My mom migrated here while she was pregnant with me. So, that was 31, almost 32 years ago. So, yeah, that's why I said it's like we're, we're newer, you know, um, newer migration, I guess, compared to your family, probably, Shanna, right? No, my like my dad literally immigrated here for college. Okay, well there you go. So, and um, then my parents had me while I was in, while they were in college. So, so yeah. So yeah. Um, the reason why this subject matter is big for both of us is because even though we were born and raised in the states, we were brought up in a different type of culture. I would say. Would you agree with that? Yes, for sure. That. <laughs> I know I was. I was 100% like my black card got revoked a few times because <laughs> I didn't follow a lot of like the popular mm-hmm. black American like traits or traditions um, because we had our own. Right. So. <laughs> okay, you're trying to say something. Go ahead. <laughs> oh, I'm like, I feel so bad for you, friend, because like you said, your family feel like bad for me. <laughs> Not so bad as in like, oh, poor you, but like your your black card getting revoked. Cause like, well, people are petty. That's why it got revoked <laughs> for dumb reasons. Not because I'm first gen. Okay. <laughs> but go ahead. Go ahead. I mean, it could contribute. But like I said, cause my dad had immigrated here. Mm-hmm. So like you said, your family is newer because my mom's side of the family also is from Trinidad and she is her first generation in here. So she had more of a like, closer to what you're experiencing like I had it from my dad's side and she had like the in-between so I had more of a black African-American experience with her and since Mm -hmm. my parents were separated I grew up with her Mm -hmm. I have a lot of the things where I can be like yeah that you know yes I'm first gen yes my family's Trinidadian both sides of them are but like I can still be like I can pinpoint things where I'll say something people be like yeah me too and you can connect with other people so, yeah, I guess that's the difference between us then. Because, um, yeah, your mom is from Brooklyn. Um, mm-hmm. She was raised in Brooklyn, too. That's right. So um, that's what I meant by, you know, my family's a little bit more recent. You're, you're whereas more you have a little two. Yeah, well, you have a little bit like two generations prior then. But it's still, you know, you're still um, being raised in some traditional um ways you know along with the american tradition that maybe your mom picked up but for me it was an experience um not huge when i lived in new york because obviously new york has a huge population of haitians we know that um Mm. so it didn't really feel different um not only a huge population of haitians had a huge population of everything um, Jamaicans, Trinidadians, everybody, Guyanese. Um, so I didn't really feel like I stood out until <laughs> I moved to the Midwest, where a very small percentage of Caribbean folks even know about. <laughs> so let's keep in that real. But um, so I have to say, like, I didn't really get. Um, the whole different dynamics till I went off 
to the Midwest and then off to college, especially. So I have to say um, just some of the things I learned growing up versus how Americans do it. It's just, it was a challenge. And even from the way I think, you know, I struggle till this day with family about certain topics. I'm a little bit more open-minded, whereas they're, you know, fixed on certain perspective of things. Um, so I'm, and I think that's like most first-gen kids, you know, they kind of go through that battle of, you know, battling two uh, cultures that has like completely different dynamics or views on certain um, topics, whether it's religion, whether it's relationships, whether it's just greeting someone (laughs) or, you know, just different. Okay. You want to say something? Go ahead. No, like to your point, Mm -hmm. I think that a lot of the things that we notice when we're first gen, like, yes, my mother, I'm second gen on my mom's side, but first gen on my dad's side. Mm -hmm. Um, And that our parents came here for whatever reason, whether it was to give us a better opportunity or give themselves a better opportunity, but they're trying to still hold on to the traditions and stuff that keep them close to their home. And then we are growing up in this American culture where we're being told we can be whatever we want to be. We don't have to um, live our lives for our families or our parents the way that they had in previous generations. And then we're seen as rude or inconsiderate. (laughs) No, did I tell you like, well, how long ago was this? Not very long at all, but me and my mother was having a discussion about something and she called me. She's like, you're acting like a black American. <laughs> I was like, wait, what? What does that mean? She's like, you're acting selfish and self-censored. I was like, oh. Okay, that's the worst it's told you can come up with? Is that Honestly, mama, I'm like, is that how y'all perceive them? Like, I mean, what? <laughs> I mean... It, it was just, itch. that was my first time experiencing that. And then I spoke to like my homegirls about it. They live down the street from me and they're, they're Haitian too. Their, their mother is my mom's best friend. And I told them what she said. And she's like, girl, my, our mom say that all the time to us. I was just like, I didn't even know that was a thing. Like being called black American to them is like an insult. Yeah, like it's an insult. Like <laughs> an insult. Cause I just think. <laughs> Like you said, you know, just the dynamic and like um, self-determination factor is just so different. It's like, you know, with them, you know, honoring your your parents is important. Honoring your family is important. And, you know, being open to, you know, their advice and what they're pushing for you to do. But, you know, sometimes, you know, your own thoughts and your own like... Um, wants are just not aligned with what they they're saying Mm -hmm. so when you refute what they're saying they're gonna be like you know you're being disrespectful you're being selfish in reality Mm -hmm. it's like it's sometimes okay to be selfish you know at the end of the day it's your life um you don't have to always follow tradition um but you know just still be respectful to everybody who is giving you advice but um 
it's not always perceived that way, but I just thought it was just hilarious <laughs> to be called that. And that was new for me. And it's it's even interesting seeing because my brother's the one that has all the kids now, right? He has mm-hmm. the army, right? So he's <laughs> he's married to a black Native American woman who we can just say she's black American because mm-hmm. you know that's what she's raised as. Um, so, and she's from Texas, which is a whole different part of the States and they're different in general, um, compared to people here. So it's interesting seeing how my mom reacts with how they're raising their kids, even like our language, you know, Haitian Creole, she's kind of upset that it's getting lost past our generation. Because honestly, like even in our generation, me and my brother and maybe like one or two of my cousins are like really good in. Oh, God. (laughs) I don't know what the hell that was, but we don't need your ghost to make an appearance right now. So can you tell them to wait? Much earlier. So I'm going to say she's right now. (laughs) Shayna got a ghost in the house, guys. You guys can't see her, but. Some just knocked behind her. They, they be doing that. I heard it too. Like, I, I hear you, but you're not paying no bills. So just shut I'm up. Tell him you're busy. <laughs> <laughs> but shoot, I forgot what I was saying again. Jeez, Shayna. Oh, I'm so sorry. Okay, you said Haitian. Right, she's distracting me. <laughs> your mom, it you said your mom is upset that the Haitian, your the language. You have to understand. My brother, he currently lives in Oklahoma. How many mm-hmm. Haitians are even in Oklahoma for him to mm-hmm. speak to, let alone teach his kids? Like, who are they speaking to? You know, so it's different from me where when we were little, everybody around us spoke Creole, mm-hmm. you know. My grandmother never got to learn English, so I had to know Creole to communicate with her, you know, up until she passed a couple years ago. So, (laughs) you know, the dynamics is different, but um, I could tell that's something that's, you know, I wouldn't say hurting her, but I guess it's disappointing that, you know, you're watching your kids have kids, but, you know, your culture is like slowly dissolving, so to speak. so I can understand, you know, her perspective, um, but it's just, it's just what it is for me. You know, it is important for me to pass on my culture because it is a big part of my life. So I will definitely continue on, but I can't guarantee it will like be exactly what I experience because there's a lot of things I'm not going to choose to do. <laughs> a lot of my cousins stuff were born, either born in America and moved back to Trinidad mm-hmm. or born in Trinidad and moved to America. So they had like, so we all have dual citizenship and the way the citizenship works in Trinidad, like you can have naturalization or you can have from a parent who is a citizen or some other, there was one other way. Um, I know that my stepmother qualifies for citizenship if her and my father moved back to Trinidad for a year in order for her to get in. She was like, it ain't, it ain't that serious to me. Cause mm-hmm. she also has dual citizenship to her father for where he's from. So it, it's a lot, but mm-hmm. regardless, it's just like, I think 
one, my father did not want to leave his country. He was forced to by his father because my father, my grandfather was like, you're not about to be up in my house while in the way that you're doing, you need to grow the fuck up. So Mm -hmm. you can either get out of my house and live on the streets or you can get out of my house and go to school. Which one are you choosing? You go to school. (laughs) So my dad was like, all right, fine. So I'll go to school. Um, And this is, by this time, my dad was like 24, 25. So does your dad still have like a thick accent? Yep. And my mom makes fun of him all the time. All the time. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> like she'll she'll be like this is your father like she won't say that she'll start but I'll be complaining to her and she'll be like shit up I'm not asking I'm telling you shit up she, and she'll start doing the accent I'm like mom dad doesn't sound like that she's like yeah but that's what it sounds like to me so it's funny however my grandmother who immigrated here oh gosh she came through Canada and then came to America she does not speak with an accent. So you would not know she's Trinidadian unless she said, I'm Trinidadian. Or it come, but then she tell me, like, comes out in the... Oh, yeah. I I can do it. So I figured, like, when I was, like, 15, 16 years old one year, I pissed her off because I was doing something. And that accent slipped out. And I was like, oh. <laughs> there it is. Look at that. So I make it my mission to tick her off just enough to hear it sometimes so I can tease her about it because mm-hmm. she literally like she was made fun of for speaking with the accent when she came to the country so she said that she would watch the news and mimic their accents so that she so she practiced to like get rid of it pretty much mm-hmm. and her That's mother immigrated with her my great-grandmother and my mm-hmm. great-grandmother till the day she died still had her accent they've been in the country the same amount of time Granny Enid had the same accent through and through, but my grandmother like will have like a very nondescript. I mean, because she is intentional about like getting rid of it, and mm-hmm. so I mean, it's definitely possible. Um, majority of my my mom, obviously, and my aunt, they still have that really vacation accent, and so as my um, <clears throat> my aunt and uncle in Florida. But my two youngest uncles, I mean, you don't hear an accent until they start speaking Creole. It's like, oh, shit. Um, but they all came here around the same time, too. But I also think because they were like 18, 19, um, they were a little bit younger. So they were able to, like, get Americanized, so to speak. Yeah, my aunt was around that same age too, but she still sounds, you heard her before. She mm. still got that thick, <laughs> thick accent. I think it's because she wants to. I don't know. I never, that was never something that crossed my mind. It just, that's just how she talked. But um, yeah, we make fun of them all the time too. Random, but not related to for being first gen or maybe, but I went to go get my eye exam this week and the girl who had to do like, to do like the measuring the pupils, looking at the back mm-hmm. of the eyes and stuff, I could hear her Haitian accent. So, thick, <laughs> like, and so I wanted to be like, Hey, excuse me, are you from Haiti? Because and she was like, she was so tiny, but she was like, excuse me mom like you know like that the English that you could sort of hear the French in it and the excuse the, me the, <laughs> yeah, it was, it was, 
<laughs> and so she said my name and I was like, oh Jesus, she she just got here. Okay. Said nah. Yeah. <laughs> said nah. Got here. She was like, okay, I have to measure, measure your eyes now. And I was measure. Like, measure your okay, eyes. Okay, friend. Okay, friend, come here. <laughs> I was like, come here. You just, just got here. Okay, cool. Cool, cool. Thank you. Yes. So, yeah, I just, my sister, who, my middle sister, so my dad has three kids. We all have different moms, Caribbean men. Um, These men. <laughs> <laughs> so my sis, my middle sister was born here and then moved like when she was four or five back to Trinidad so she mm-hmm. can switch between the two so when she came back to America and when she would be around me her mother would get on her and be like don't talk with that American accent just because your sister you know is around you blah 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 I have an American accent mm-hmm. so she she you know you know when you got to switch it on and off like when you go into a Caribbean restaurant you think they have mm-hmm. to your, your curry goat so you gotta you gotta let them know that you you from the islands too. Do you guys say goat curry or curry goat? Curry goat. Which one? Curry, okay, curry I know goat. a guy needs say is a guy needs like, to say goat don't curry. Don't curry that. Don't you? Yeah. Dare. I was like, I don't remember who says it backwards, but I know somebody does. I think it's Guyanese say it's goat curry. Guyanese and Guyanese will tell you the Chinese are wrong, but <laughs> curry the goat. You curry it up. Like what's what? Go curry, man. But um, yeah. Well, I mean, for you, did you find? Because you're still kind of more raised with your mom's side. You said so. Did you yeah. find some challenges with I being first gen at all? Yes, because I grew up in Southern Maryland. So born in DC, raised in DC up until a certain point, and then we moved to Southern Maryland, and then. Because that is a very white dominated area, mm-hmm. being prideful of my culture and f- being where I'm from and just being different, like being a proud of being different. They were like, so, like, it was just very much like, so this, so that like, oh, you're trying to, you know, you're trying to other yourself or whatever. And it wasn't that I was trying to other myself so much that I was just very proud of where I was from. And wanted to like make sure that I you know stayed true to myself Mm -hmm. um I remember one time I was in a class and a guy was like I was like oh yeah because my family's from Trinidad and of course I was I probably was boastful about it because I was a show I was no doll I was a show off a little bit and he was like so speak Trinidadian and I'm like well Trinidadian speak English (laughs) speak Trinidadian wow yep that's like and I was um, like that's like when they say speak Haitian. Right. And it's like you, you assume that, yeah. You assume that one, just because my cult my the country is different, that we don't speak English as a first language. Mm-hmm. And even the English that Trinidadian speaks obviously isn't American English. Um there are words, there's Hindi, there's Spanish, there's French in there, there mm-hmm. is some Creole that is just like if you're not from there, if you don't understand, then it might seem different. I know I had a friend come over and my dad asked me to do some very simple thing. And he, of course he has an accent. So she was like, I thought he was speaking another language. And I was like, I mean, it was English, but there are different dialects yeah. of English. It's like there's different dialects. And especially if they speak fast, you don't catch everything. Like, wait, what? 
you know, and then the accent is like, if you're not used to hearing someone speak English with an accent, you don't catch everything. And I'm like, no, I've been hearing this all my life. (laughs) So I'm quite used to it. He told me to pick up my blood clot (laughs) trash and throw it away or do, he told me to do something stupid and he cussed at me and I was like, I mean, he was speaking English, Mm -hmm. relatively simple English to me. One thing. So my dad is a big cusser, especially when he's like, he doesn't have to be angry, mm-hmm. but when he drives, he cusses. And when I was younger, I remember going back to my mom and being like, mom, what's a mother cunt? And uh-huh. she was like, Where did you hear that? Mm-hmm. And I was like, daddy said it. <laughs> he was driving in the car. And he was like, watch a mother cunt. And, I, and she was like, don't repeat that. It's mm-hmm. not a, it's not a nice word. Don't repeat mm-hmm. that. And I was like, I had no idea at the time that, you know, Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what it meant. <laughs> but, <laughs> and this time I was like, "Daddy says it all the time." Like, <laughs> you just want to tell on your daddy. Ow! Kids are funny. He just be. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Just come out. So, like, I think things like that is. is I think the difference where curse, come on, curse words are different. But also because my dad is the person that he is, he's the youngest of 12 kids. And man, they be having a lot of kids back then. Because they Catholic, girl. They was Hmm? was Catholic. They didn't believe in birth control. Yeah. I mean, my granny had, well, six or five, but she had like more that passed away, like when they were babies, but. Like, I want to say it was, like, up to, like, 10, um, which is not a lot to compare to some. Like, one of my good friends, he's one of 17. Ooh, so, Jesus. Oh, my God. I know. <laughs> I know. That's um, a lot. Well, that but, is a fertile lady. From one yeah. That's, <laughs> that's fertile parents. That's fertile. Oh, your parents really like each other. Okay. Mm-hmm. That's that Kiki White. <laughs> How we are gonna talk about Maybe that. Number we're, we're not gonna talk about her. She's married. I'm sorry, sidetrack off this. She's married with her husband. Let her have her army if she wants. Right, let her let, let her live her life. Because people are trying to compare her to Nick Cannon. I'm like, bruh, she's married to she's her not husband. out here making kids with Brandon. She's not out here husband. having like 50 baby daddies and no. Anyway. Talking about she wants right. her legacy to live on, <laughs> child. But anywho, beyond that, he's just a very protective person because he grew up in the Caribbean, and so I, I often because we grew up differently, I often feel stifled and suffocated mm. by his affection and by his care, and I also feel very controlled at times. Sounds like my mom. So it leads to headbutting and stuff. And then because my mother was able to not only grow up um, in America, so she has both sides of like, she can understand where I'm coming from with my dad and also just the Black American experience. Mm-hmm. Um, and the fact that she grew up in New York in the, the height of the hip hop era, like mm-hmm. my mother and her personality, very, very different. Um, to the point that you're like, how did you end up with this man? Is it because he was Trinidadian that y'all ended up together? Because y'all personalities. Interesting. Yeah. Very different. Divergent. Very. Mm -hmm. Um, So 
because my mother is the person that she is and because she's more open, like, again, when I was growing up, she was definitely a lot more, like, (laughs) a little more similar to my father. But as I've gotten older, like, we've gotten a better relationship and a better understanding. She's more understanding. Yes. um, To, like, your experience, I guess. Um, So essentially, if I have a baby girl, I'm going to be having one like you almost. (laughs) Girl, I hope not, because I'm kind of, I'm kind of out there. Well, I hope not either, but you know, (laughs) (laughs) you know what I mean. But going back to your dad, I can definitely relate. I mean, um, as I mentioned before me, I always mention my mom because my mom is very active in my life. (laughs) So, um, well, I guess the world needs to know, but you know, I am a caregiver for my mother, so that requires me to be around her every day. Um, and I just recently started doing that. I guess not super recent. It's almost four years now um, since I moved back to New York. But um, yeah, since the end of 2017, pretty much. Um, so my entire adulthood, I wasn't around her, so I was able to just live my American dream life, right? <laughs> and, you know, she she had things to say, but it was at least from a distance. Um, but now that we're, like, in such close corners, it's like, like you said, the budding head is, like, constant. And sometimes I have to, like, step away for a minute because it's like, you do feel very suffocated and... Truly, like, sometimes I even have to remind her, like, you know, you know, I'm an adult, right? Like, you know, I'm in my 30s right now. (laughs) You remember, you don't pay any of these bills over here. You know, you live here with me, right? (laughs) Right. (laughs) And you don't want to come off like obnoxious because she does take that personal, which I understand. But sometimes it's like, you know, you have to kind of cut the strings. And I think with her and her position, obviously, she's, you know, very sick. So, you know, she depends on me and, you know, other family quite a bit. So there is a a part of her that still wants to mother me just because she was very sick majority of my life. Um, So we do have a lot of these like constant like battles with each other. And I'll never forget like... (laughs) I went through a phase where I shaved the side of my head. I was trying to look like Rihanna back in the day, right? Uh, <laughs> but, you know, that little shave head hairstyle, some people still rock it. But I just really wanted to do it because I thought it was so cute and so dope. And then on top of that, I dyed my hair like bloody red. That was a that was a moment. OK, so I, I need to appreciate that moment. So. Um, So at first she liked it, but then later on, I don't know what got in her head, (laughs) but... She started talking to the aunties. She started talking to the aunties. Her sister came out. This was like during my graduation. Mind you, I was graduating with my master's in 2015. So my hair was cute, but I had a few other homegirls, which were like my sorority sisters who were shaved 
Like they're ball, they're they were ball headed. I don't know. Everybody was going through a phase that year. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know, but we look good anyway. Um, so I don't know if I'm pretty sure it was my aunt that went back to her and pretty much reported who I was hanging with. And I don't know if this is the Haitian culture or the Caribbean culture where, you know, women who yeah, cut girl. their hair or have the buzz cuts are lesbians, right? So that awkward conversation had to come up because, you know, I never brought a guy home. The boyfriend I had at the time, we ended like mysteriously to them. Um, so there was questions. <laughs> but instead of questions, I got accusations and accusations turned into a huge argument because it's like if I was. How could I have this conversation with you when you are very clearly upset? You know, there's still a huge homophobic um, response to to, to um, Caribbean folks for some reason still. So if I was, you know, you think I would be comfortable to talk to you about that? And not to mention, you know, my family is like uber duper religious. So... That just that conversation just blew my mind because it's like, here I am, you know, I just got my master's degree, you know, I was enjoying, I was living my life, my best life, and here you come with this bullshit. <laughs> so it we have a lot of those moments where it's just if I choose to do something that's just very unorthodox or not something you know, someone from their caliber would choose to do. It becomes uh, a huge conversation and assumptions of, you know, this is what you are, this is what you represent. And it's like, no, I'm much more than what you think I am. And I, I, I just don't like making assumptions. If you have questions, I'll be glad to answer your questions. But making assumptions. You got to watch how you ask the questions. Yes, you got to watch how you ask questions for sure. And I always, that's always something I've mentioned to them. And I'm like, I need therapy because of you guys, because it's like, I don't mind tough love. I don't mind like critiques and all that, but it's not what you say is how you say it. And let's be clear. And Shayna, you know, too, <laughs> some of these folks got no filter, gives no flux <laughs> about your feelings. They, if they're telling you the truth, they're going to tell it how they want to tell it, regardless of how you feel about it. And me being, you know, a plus size girl, majority of my life, that was a common <clears throat> battle. So. And to your point, mm -hmm. when they want to say it and then you clap back or you address it, then you're being rude. Disrespectful. And it's like, or you're being disrespectful. And that disrespectful. is one of the one of the big headbutting points with me and my father, where he'll say something and he'll say it out the side of his neck. Mm -hmm. And I'll be like, I don't know who you think you're talking to. Mm -hmm. But please remember that just because I am your child does not mean I am a child. Mm -hmm. And we are not going to have a conversation like this because please believe I will exit stage left. And so, I'm and I'm a big believer. Quickly. <laughs> And I'm a big believer is, is just because you're older, they'll always mean you're wiser to certain things. So 
I don't ever, honestly, to this day, I rarely, I don't, I want to say less than a handful of times ever been apologized to, which it should be a whole lot more than that. But I recall mm-hmm. that I've apo- I've had to apologize or admit my faults every time. Mm-hmm. Even this recent, you know, past week, I had a huge argument with them on, you know, just decisions, career decisions and, you know, them having their opinion, but being very disrespectful. And of course I spoke up, but that wasn't, you know, what they wanted to hear. They felt like I needed to stay in my place. It's like, no, just like, if you, if I mention your name in a conversation with someone else and I wasn't speaking very kindly about you, you would say something, mm-hmm. right? So I, why, why should I just sit back and allow you to, whether you feel like it's the truth or not, if I don't agree, I'm going to say something. So respectfully, we, we don't have to agree on <laughs> certain shit. And I know we're not because, but you're going to respect me as much as you want respect yourself or we could go back and forth, you know? So it's a constant battle. So I don't have, you know, we're not professionals. We don't have like a, you know, this is how you get through your, you know, immigrant parents. But I will say I learned a lot. (laughs) I'm constantly learning. And I know when I have children, because Shayna going to be auntie, but I will have the kids. <laughs> rich auntie, single rich auntie over here, no kids. When I have kids, I know how to address certain things, you know, like I, you, you kind of just get in your head on how you want to navigate certain issues or certain dynamics in life. And I definitely want to have a, a good relationship with my kids and try to break some of these generational, you know, curses or battles that, you know, parents have with their kids. And I don't know, we'll see, but it's, it's an interesting life. Mine. <laughs> I always, say- always got my gloves on. I'm just saying. <laughs> right. Always, always going to be on defense. You, but I no. will say, that because there's not it's not all negative I know that a lot of things we brought up is because we our parents stress us the heck out all the time but it's not all negative I will say that Caribbean what I've noticed personally you can say whether or not you've noticed this as well within Haitian culture but that it's very familial and it's very much about keeping up with your family now the way in which (laughs) they want you to respect the hierarchy is a little outdated it's very much giving in canto what abuela says goes and it's like (laughs) abuela but we in america now no no and you need to and you need to get with the program like i respect you but you out of pocket so yeah she was the villain it's she was we need to do a review of that movie by the way (laughs) but like I will say like especially growing up because my parents worked nights Mm. and like I said both sides of my family are Trinidadian 
my parent, my dad worked nights. My mom was working multiple jobs or she just didn't have the time to take care of me. My dad, when my mom and my dad split up, he was low key MIA for a minute. And so my mom would drop me off in Delaware to my aunt Shelly's house, which is my grandmother's, one of my grandmother's sisters. And my grandmother would drive down from New York because it was like two hours, they would meet in the middle. So my grandmother would drive down to New York and take me for like a month or so. And my, then she would drive me back off there. My mom would pick me up there. If my dad was taking me and had me for a weekend, he would drop me off to one of his sister's houses so that he could still work. But I was still able to like be with my family and my cousins and stuff and hang out with them. So I will say because of that, I'm a lot closer to my cousins than maybe the generations now are. Mm-hmm. Um, and we interact a lot more and I have a lot of fond memories of, you know, like family events and stuff that I may not have been privy to had our family not been like that, where, or with my stepdad, well, my ex-stepfather's side of the family, it was like, you might see each other at once every year for like really close family. And then like extended family, you would see them once every few years mm-hmm. for like a family, uh, reunion or a funeral or a wedding mm-hmm. so that's like one positive that I can say like mm-hmm. I got from my background but like the other stuff like families families be wild y'all they be yeah. wild my I, granny I, I my agree granny I mean the segment is focusing more on the pressure of it but I wouldn't trade it for anything <laughs> I, I keep trying to think like if I could trade my family I would not Um, I think the main thing that I wish I can change or the dynamic I could change is how we communicate. Um, I thought I had it a lot worse because, you know, not only, you know, um, the communication component, but, you know, we did grow up very poor. You know, there were Mm -hmm. days we did get evicted and had to sleep in the lobbies of buildings and, um, or cousin's house. I remember that was actually one of the reasons why I moved to Iowa when I was 16 is because, you know, we, our apartment got caught on fire and we had to like scramble for our stuff. This was me, my mom, my grandma, my aunt, and my uncle (laughs) had to go to our cousin's house, which is already five of them in a one bedroom. (laughs) so imagine 10 people crammed up in a little apartment in New York um Mm -hmm. you know we stayed there for months I was a sophomore in high school and this happened in March so I had school till like the end of June so (laughs) we've yeah that was that was a crazy year but I do appreciate how you know, my family does have each other's back no matter what. Like, we could cuss each other out to the bone. We could say, you ain't <laughs> shit. You going to hell. Like, you are. Like, <laughs> but the moment you need something, like, all of that is out the window. Like, literally, we fucking will drive overnight to come get you from a different state. Like, the love is real. So I don't know if I could get that anywhere else. Um, so I do appreciate that. Like sometimes people are like, oh my God, you do a lot for your family. It's like, 
that's all I know. Like, that's what we do. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, sometimes we don't have that boundaries, unfortunately, you know, which can be, you know, detrimental to your mental health sometimes. But I do appreciate like how much we just go all out. Like it's a little extreme, but, you know, thinking back, it's like, damn, we really did that. (laughs) But, you know, we don't talk shit the whole way, but we, you know, the actions speak for itself. You know, so I can't change the communication. That's something I think personally I have to navigate because I can't change people. Um, I've recommended therapy, but they don't take that shit seriously. That's another topic for another day. <laughs> Girl, we can, we can have a whole episode on that. That's another episode, episode for another day. Um, but, you know, you just kind of deal with what the hand that you're given, you know, so... I love my family to death. I wouldn't even be in New York if it wasn't for my family. I've said that several times because it's getting fucking expensive. (laughs) So thank God for the good jobs. Thank you, Lord. But I would be out somewhere closer to the South. And yeah, but um. That's that's all it is. But, you know, I do have those experiences where we have like reunions and I remember going to Disney World several times. I'm kind of upset Mm -hmm. that I have to pay for myself if I go now. But (laughs) I do miss having everything paid for. And I don't know. It's just I have really good memories. It's just I wish our communication was better I feel like our family would be so much closer um I'm cool with my cousins I don't have a whole lot of cousins um on my mom's side but we're good we just we live far away from each other so I don't have like a lot that live close to me and then my dad's side my dad still lives in in Haiti so he's been him and my mom been separated since I was pretty much born. So I've only spoken to him a handful of times. So I don't really know that side of the family. It is what it is. But, um, you know, my mom's side of the family has come through for me. So I can't really complain too much. You know, I've had my father figures. I've had, you know, a brother that gets on my nerve, but it is what it is. But, um, yeah, it's it's bittersweet. I can agree with that. I can say that, especially with my father's side of the family, because um, my dad wanted to stay so close to his culture. He didn't want to leave Trinidad. Mm-hmm. Um, but then he realized, like, look, there really aren't opportunities, as many opportunities there for people who have higher education, like even if you're living in the country, like you can go leave to get your education, but it's sort of like a program where you have to come back and serve Mm. whatever field that you got your education in for however many years before you can leave, up and leave. Because it's sort of like they pay for your schooling and the way you pay them back is giving them three to five to 10 years or however many years in the field. Um, sort of, but it's like te- if you're a teacher, you you know you have to do however many years as a teacher. Um, if you're a doctor, you know, but there's no jobs for do- like my cousin Chelsea right now is at UE in Jamaica, but um, studying to be a doctor. 
and she's going to have to go back to Trinidad to be a doctor. There are no jobs. <laughs> there mm. are no jobs. Yeah. So I was like, yes, I got this. I need to pay back my debt to the country. And how am I going to do that? Because there are no jobs. <laughs> yeah. So um, I will say, like you said, bittersweet, because again, I have this connection to my family. I was able to go back to Trinidad. So when people, when I say, yeah, I'm Trinidadian and Ignorant people will be like, oh, so have you been to Trinidad? Yes, I have. I used to go twice a year, every year when I was a kid, until my sister, Sydney, was born. And then because she was in Trinidad, my dad would go back and he couldn't afford to take me, him, and my stepmom. So, like, we would go once every other year or something like that. Um, yeah, but- I lived I lived in Haiti when I was, like, my mom came to New York, had me. And then we went back when I was still, like, really young. And I guess we lived there for another two years and then mm-hmm. came back. So I didn't really go back and forth. But like I said, my grandma used to have a business where she sell things. She buy things here for cheap and then sell them for an arm and a leg over there. So <laughs> they do, girl. They do. That's what they do. My That's what they do. That was, I mean, she did pretty good with this. So um I was connected to the culture I didn't feel like because I didn't go to Haiti I wasn't connected um because everything I needed was here in the household like my grandmother would bring me some you know cassava Mm -hmm. with peanut with Haitian peanut butter like I had like Haitian hot chocolate and all the like stuff that you know I guess are signature you know um items and food and you know, clothing or whatever, I would, I would get them. Like, I still have this huge bottle of perfume. I wish I could go up over here and get it to show you, but I'm kind of lazy right now, but I still have, (laughs) I still wear that after I get out the shower, I still put it on. I'm like, small, I'm probably like an old grandma, but I love it. Like, it makes me feel good. (laughs) It reminds me of my grandma. They would have me there for months at a time because, again, I wasn't in school at one point. Um, it's, I didn't start elementary school until just before my sixth birthday, so I was still five. And, um, like, my dad would send me with one of him. He would either take me and then he would leave and have one of his sisters bring me back or he would come back. So I'd be there for months at a time. Guess <laughs> Based on my parents, like, divorce or separation agreement, like, however long my dad was, was supposed to have me throughout the year, like, he'd be like, well, she's going to Trinidad. You can recall, like, your experiences in Trinidad, and, you know, and you could compare that with, you know, your experiences here. Like, at least you have that. Like, some people don't have an opportunity to go where their, like, families from, like, or where they're, like... True. You know what I mean? Like, (laughs) I will say that I miss having fresh fruit from the backyard. Mangoes. Like, like that is the one thing where I'll be like, yeah, my grandfather had a banana tree. And you know, like bananas, like each branch, once it fruits, I hate bananas, but he had a banana tree (laughs) and he had a coconut tree and someone would come and climb them and cut them down and they would pay him like a dollar for each one um or 10 I can't remember how much it was but he had like coconuts and then he had like different fruits and stuff another neighbor had uh zaboka another neighbor had mangoes my aunt because uh, she lived you guys call it, I'm sorry you guys call it zaboka too <laughs> like that's yes. the only thing so, we got in common 
That's like the one thing we have in common. You know how I'm I learned guys, that? I'm I was avocado, dating, guys. I was it. I was dating a Haitian guy, <laughs> and we were. He was telling me how he used to date a Trinidadian who was also half Guyanese, and I was like, "She's not Trinidadian if she calls it goat curry and not very cool." But <laughs> we were comparing words and stuff, and I was like, "Yeah, I think there's some Creole words," and I told I told him. Um, the, oh, the word for avocado and he was like I didn't know that you guys said that and I was like you dated this woman for five years and didn't know I probably didn't come up I mean right but she, she, he said that she was know, cooking so. for him like I said that's how I know she wasn't Trinidad and she was Guyanese anyways curry <laughs> <laughs> if you say goat curry you just different if you say chicken curry if you say goat curry if you say anything in the curry after that's a little weird but hey so i um that's how i found out because he was like yeah we say that word for avocado too and i was like i Mm -hmm. honestly didn't realize that it was creole until i was talking to him about it and i was like oh okay so because a lot of the words we use for food like alu is potato and chana is chickpea is hindi because there was a point in time when east indians came to try mixtures of a lot of words pretty much there's not one cohesive (laughs) no that's what i find interesting but but yeah yeah, i I will that is the thing that i miss the most my grandfather and his fruit he was very proud of his plants i have all my plants here (laughs) um being able to go to a neighbor and like be like hey can I get two of your mangoes I got oranges or lemons or something like that and mm. getting food for the free or like bartering for it and trading for it um so yeah or stealing it low-key if it grew into your yard like one of my aunt's um neighbors they have a an ugly lemon tree and I'm not saying that because the lemons are ugly like those are that's the name of the fruit <laughs> it's like sour lemon or ugly lemon or something like that and it's like these blistered looking big ass lemons and so he hasn't cut down the branch that grows over her yard so if there's a lemon on it she takes it so low-key we be still in so I'm like that's part of the experience that I think I enjoyed the most mm-hmm. being able to say like at my family has a culture which as African-Americans in the country, that's something that is definitely a sore spot, like not being able to trace your family back or know where your culture is from Um, and being able to have pride in that. Uh, But yeah, that communication girl, that communication girl. (laughs) Yeah, that's that's across the board. I've heard that for other cultures mostly. Americans, we're just unique. Like, Cause I know um, Asian, certain Asian communities struggle with that too. Um, Africans, um, you know, some Hispanic families too. Like, yeah, I would uh, say it's the Western mentality, the Western yeah. mentality of individualization. And mm-hmm. so, because we're coming from cultures that are very much about fam- familial ties, circles, and stuff, and mm-hmm. community, and we're coming to a culture that's about individualization, it's like we still want that community, but we want to do it in our own way. And mm-hmm. so, our family's like, no, this is how it's done. This is how we've always done. And it's like, mm, I get it, but. There's a lot of toxic traits in it. Yes. Like we're noticing the traits. So we still want that, 
but we want it on our terms in a healthier way. And that's what we're trying to break down with our families in the battle in the battle that happens when we're trying to talk to them. Um, Cause like you're speaking, you're spoken to, or like the moments in which they're like, stay, like you said, your family was like, stay in your place. And you're like, okay, you have forgotten that I'm not a child. Mm-hmm. It's like a child should stay in a child's place and should be seen and not to um, and not talk or whatever. And it's like, oh, okay, but I'm 32. <laughs> 31 don't yeah 31 about to be 32 (laughs) and y'all are out here acting as if i'm a five-year-old listening to grown folk conversations um i just i don't think they will see you on their level like i I don't know when it will happen honestly i don't know if it's it it will take for me to get married and have children of my own i have no idea yes you think so Yes. Like I, something I notice about families that I'm close to is that, um, a lot of the time the children don't move out until they're married. So you're still like, if I was, if we were in, uh, in our home countries, we probably, if we're single and unmarried to save money and to help take care of the family and keep the family union, unit we would still be living at home and it would not be disgraceful or like oh she still lives with her family or he still lives with his family I mean, like, we do that we do that here in new york yeah all the time because it's so expensive but but like it would be instead of like some you know like now if i was dating a guy who was on my level like financially on my level and mm-hmm. everything else and he was living with his parents i'd be like but why what's wrong with you mm-hmm. versus if i was home I'd be like, okay, that makes sense. You're not married yet. Mm-hmm. You don't really have a financial responsibility. So, you know, why not get three meals a day from your mama? And, and like I said, in New York, it's kind of excused um, because of like either like you're still living with your parents and helping them pay bills mm-hmm. or you have roommates because the city is just, it's expensive. So like the few friends I had here that like, they stayed in their parents' house till they got married, and then yes, yeah. when they and then once they got married and had mm-hmm. and had kids, it wasn't just got married. Is when their parents started to see them as an adult. <laughs> well, I'll, I'll see it. I have to see it. I mean, I, I know I want kids, but you, on the other hand, being difficult over here, Shayna doesn't want kids, guys. She wants to be the rich bougie aunt that just comes and visits, mm-hmm. but. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. we'll see about that. I want to be the traveler. <laughs> I feel like baby. you're gonna find the right person. You're gonna be like, man, I want your babies. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, don't act like that. We'll see. <laughs> How much Girl, we look. We've been there, done that. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Anyway, <laughs> um, I guess we'll close out here. <laughs> the fool, the foolery. I'm done. You okay, guys. It. Well, <laughs> if you, <laughs> I can't with you. Well, we, we thank y'all for listening. Um, tell us what you think. Leave leave some comments. Don't forget to subscribe, like, share. You know, um, tell us about your experience. If you're a first gen, or if you're an American, <laughs> share your experience too. Um, but yeah, do you have anything to say? Follow us on our social medias. Um, Cassie underscore in underscore progress on Instagram. And Shayna. 
and mine is um, they call me Nico. Excuse me, I have to burp. I'm so sorry. <laughs> it was like right. it was trapped in my throat. Uh, it's at they call me Nico on Instagram <laughs> and um, at they call me Nico one on uh, TikTok. Um, and then so. we also have our Instagram page um, for our podcast. This is just my opinion podcast. Follow us. Um, but yeah, let us know what else you guys want us to talk about. If you made it this far, you're a real one. Um, but yeah, we will catch you guys next time. Bye. Bye.